boy guys do i have exciting news for you i've finally finished this crappy book we should all be feminist if you guys are new to this podcast and you're watching this one first you should really go listen to the first um what is this this can be the fourth one now right so listen to the first one i think it was called first week of liberal propaganda or something like that but basically let me catch you up on what's been happening so far this book has been about this feminist and her name is adichie and she is very how do i put this she's very straight with her ideology on feminism even though it contradicts herself a lot which I'm gonna be talking about actually. So let me get let me just tell you, this is page thirteen that I'm gonna start off for you guys. And uh we have two more pages after that. Just wow, just wow. Like you guys have already listened to the other ones. Just I bet you're excited. So let me just tell you what the f- second paragraph I I skipped a bunch of stuff because I felt there was no point, like, making a comment on it because I felt like I was just repeating myself because she was repeating herself. Yeah, she would, her thing is, like, she would make a point early in the book and then throughout the rest of the chapters, she would restate that same point over and over again, just different wording. So it was kind of repetitive. Like she was trying to brainwash you or drill it into your head. But she she's not a very smart writer because she contradicts herself a lot. Actually, I'm going to read you a sentence later on. And she contradicts herself within the same sentence. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm going to stop making you guys wait on what she said. So I'm going to tell you what she said right now. So this chapter so far is she was talking about how she was uh, becoming a teacher for this graduate school class. And she was, oh yeah, that's right. She was teaching a writing class in graduate school, which kind of worries me because I'm reading her book and she doesn't seem like a very good writer herself. It's funny because when, when I was reading this book, I have Grammarly set up to my, in, uh, to my doc. So it's funny when I'm reading everything and Grammarly's trying to correct her grammar and her punctuation and stuff. I just find it funny that she's supposed to be like this untouchable goddess of writing, but yet Grammarly is over here like <laughs> like bashing on her, telling her to put commas and crap in places. Like she should she should know where to put commas and stuff, but apparently she doesn't. And she was a teacher at a graduate school for writing. Concerning very concerning so anyways she was talking about how her first day she didn't know what to wear because she wanted to be taken seriously because for some reason when you're a woman you have to automatically prove that you're worth teaching a writing class to graduate school kids so I was a little bit confused as to why she think graduate school kids would care what she wears as long as it's not like some kind of like man outfit like a tuxedo and crap like that like I don't think they would care. But plus that, why would you wear a tuxedo to, like, school? That's a little bit too proper, you know what I'm saying? 
But she says that I knew that it was because I was a female, I would automatically have to automatically have to prove my worth. And I was worried that if I looked too feminine, I would not be taken seriously. So I just proved my point. Why would you have to prove you're not like some retarded writer? Like, and I know for some reason there's like this negative stigma around the word retarded. It's used a lot, guys. Like, I don't see why you need to be offended over it. It's like if somebody straight says gay and like they mean it as a joke, gay people will still get offended by it. It's like, come on. But no, I think this writer might be mentally retarded, so it's okay. Um, so she talks about how I really wanted to wear my shiny lip gloss and my girly skirt, but I decided not to. Yeah, I would hope you decide not to. Let's. You want to wear a girly skirt to school and you're supposed to be a teacher? Why are you trying to... This was my thing about this whole freaking chapter. She was talking... She was upset because she couldn't wear her sex appeal to school where her students are and where she's supposed to be teaching. Like, well, I'm sorry you couldn't show off your ass to your students, but um, last time I checked, teachers aren't supposed to be sexually appealing. They're supposed to be actually teaching. So, sorry. And then she says in the next sentence, I wore a very serious, very manly, very ugly suit. Didn't I just tell you not to... (laughs) I just told you, your students don't care what you wear as long as you're not wearing, like, some manly suit, some man tuxedo or crap like that. And she's like, I wore a serious, manly, ugly suit. Like, nobody forced you to wear it. Nobody forced you to wear it. That was you being self-conscious and overreacting and looking at everything through a gender scope when you shouldn't have in the first place. So, right there, I spent, like, I spent, like, half an hour on just this one chapter because I was like why why is she talking about this crap you know why do you think other people care what you wear just I don't see what was so hard about just wearing a dress and makeup or something like that what was so hard about that that's not I don't understand what I'm what she's trying to like I don't know man like this whole book is just so full of crap (laughs) And then she said that I wish I had not worn that ugly suit that day. Uh, Had I then, had I then the confidence I have now to be myself, my students would have benefited more from my teaching. Okay, so you're telling me that you were so focused on what to wear that you couldn't bother to come up with a good teaching cycle for these kids. You couldn't come up with a good lesson or something. That's a problem. When you're so focused on yourself and your appearance to others, when you're that self-focused, there's an issue. There is a huge issue, and I don't think you should be teaching. If If your students are not benefiting from your teachings because you're worried about what to wear, because you want to wear a girly skirt to school for sex appeal, there is an issue. There is an issue. So, and then her last paragraph for that chapter. It was a short chapter, but my god, there was so much (laughs) to write about on here. Like, I don't even tell you guys everything I write because, to be frank, I have over 
probably over 200 or about 200 comments on this uh this google doc actually i wrote so much that my comments are longer than the whole book so yeah anyways so she says i have chosen to no longer be apologetic for my femininity okay um you're a woman nobody's asking you to be apologetic for that uh you should be feminine I don't think you should be wearing those ugly man suits to school. Nobody forced you to wear that. Nobody <laughs> nobody begged you, got down on their knees and was like, oh God, please don't wear a dress. Please don't wear makeup. Everybody hates females when they do that. Everybody hates females looking nice. Can you just wear a man suit, please? Like, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody got down on their knees and asked you to wear that suit, lady. Nobody. And I just find it funny because she said, okay, she said, and I wanted to be respected in all my femaleness. And this was the comment I wrote for that. I said, okay, so we are going to ignore the fact that you just said a few chapters ago. Imagine how much happier we would be, how much freer to our true self, uh, to our true individual selves, if we didn't have the weight of gender expectations. Isn't being feminine a gender expectation for females isn't didn't you just say that you don't like gender expectations but now you're feeding into it and now you're actually giving stereotypes to women you're feeding into the stereotypes that women take forever to get dressed that they don't know what to wear and they're always complaining about what to wear didn't you just feed into that even though you don't like female stereotypes did you not just say that we should raise boys with fragile egos that, that, that's, okay, and then I continue on, I said, that we should let men and women wear and act however they want, and that, that's the whole basis of the chapter that she wrote about, and now, like, a few chapters later, she's like, you know what, 180, forget about that chapter, I bet you don't even remember it, now I'm gonna implant this into your head, and all these contradictions won't even be noticed in your brain, so, this is my thing, like, she said a few chapters ago that she hates gender expectations and that women aren't objects and all this crap, right? But then she wants to wear a girly skirt to school for sex appeal for her graduate students, um, and she likes acting feminine. Now, I'm not bashing on her, I'm not saying she shouldn't be feminine, because she's a woman, she should be. She shouldn't be dressing in tuxedos and ugly man suits. But she's doing a whole 180 here. She doesn't like gender expectations, but then she feed in, feeds into those gender expectations, which I don't believe in. She feeds into those gender expectations. So it's just this whole book is... Yeah, okay. And then she says, I like politics and history, and I'm happiest when I'm having an, a good argument about ideas. Isn't, isn't that feeding into another woman stereotype that women like to argue? Isn't that another stereotype about women that you hate, but you're feeding into? Like, you see what I'm saying here, guys? Like, she's doing a whole 180. She's contradicting herself. She's not even acknowledging that she's contradicting herself. And it just gets worse throughout the last two pages. Somehow, it gets worse. Okay? And then she says, I'm happily girly. 
that's a gender expectation. But a few a few chapters ago, you just said you don't like gender expectations and that we shouldn't expect girls to be girly. Yeah, just. And then she said, "This is, this is where it got wild." Okay, she says, "It's nice to be complimented by both men and women." And then she later on says, "I often wear clothes that men don't like or understand." And then she says, the last sentence she says is, "The male gaze." as a shaper of my life's choices, is largely, largely incidental. So, you're telling me that you like when guys compliment your outfit, you get mad when they don't like your outfit, and you wanted to wear a girly skirt to work. But somehow, that's not because you're trying to impress men, that's not because you're trying to get inten- attention. It's just because you like that style. Right, because it seems to me, no offense, but it seems to me like this lady likes to be a hoe. Why are you going to wear a girly skirt to work? Like, she doesn't say if it's a short skirt or if it's a long skirt. But, you know, it's just... I can't, guys. Alright, so next chapter... She says, gender is not an easy conversation to have. It makes people uncomfortable and sometimes irritable. Let me, I was, okay, I was in awe that first two sentences of that chapter. If you don't know why, I'm going to tell you why right now. That is liberal breeding right there to the max. That is brainwashing to the max. You hear people today in 2020 say white privilege is not an easy conversation to have it makes people uncomfortable sometimes irritable talking to your black friends about police brutality is not an easy conversation to have it makes people uncomfortable and sometimes irritable like you see what i'm saying here they use that same phrase over and over again but they'll change the topic so in this book it's about gender Today, it's about white privilege. Today, it's about black people and their issues against police brutality. That is... That is mind-boggling to me. It's brainwashing. It's brainwashing these kids. And these kids are not reading this book logically. They are reading reading it emotionally. That's what they are doing. Because every week, every week in my class, we have a talk about this book and what we've read so far. And I tell you, these students buy into it because they're like, they don't know anything about this topic. They don't research it. They just take this lady's word for it because she's Nigerian and because for some reason being on a TED Talk qualifies you to tell other people how to think. We need to teach our children that everything in this world is opinion-based and that we need to look up the actual government statistics, the other like factual statistics stop reading dot com places places you know it's it's just crazy to me that people let this go unnoticed and they'll read it and they'll praise it like some biblical text it's not it's not okay and then she says both men and women are resistant to talk about gender or are quick to dismiss the problems of gender like That's so often the excuse with liberals today. Do you notice that? Like, 
anytime they talk to somebody who doesn't agree with them, it's because they're uncomfortable. It's because they don't want to face reality. No, maybe it's because they don't agree with you and they have a different opinion. Like, this author does not address the other side whatsoever. She'll say, yeah, but, or she'll say, but, like, she doesn't give support to any of her claims either. Like, I'll say right now, I could say that men and e- men and women both have issues. And she'll say, yeah, men have issues, but, so she's not even going to, like, address properly. She's just going to switch the subject. And I'll give you a better example, because she actually does says that say that in the next chapter, I think. Yeah, in the next chapter. So then she talks about how some people ask the word, why feminist? Why not just say um, human rights activists, human believers, or whatever like that? And she says, because that would be dishonest. That literally just exposed everything about this book and everything about feminism with one sentence. One sentence. Yeah. Feminists don't believe in human rights. They don't believe that men and women should be equal. They want to complain that their boss didn't pick their advertising idea. That the waiter didn't look at them when they walked into a restaurant. That they can't wear wear a girly skirt to work. And that women have to cook. That's what they complain about. They want to blame all their ideas on men and not take any personal responsibility, okay? The feminist group is a bunch of adult women who never grew up and never learned how to take no as an answer. Again, obviously there's some sexist people out there. There are some sexist people out there. Just like there's always gonna be racist people out there. Sometimes, some people's cultures would be considered sexist, but If we're applying that to the U.S., which she has already, that would not be true, okay? Men and women have been equal here for quite a while now, okay? Like, if you were to ask me if men had privileges, I don't know, early 1900s, I would say yes. Because women didn't have rights that they do today. If you were to ask me if there was white privilege in the early 1900s, I would say yes, because black people didn't have the same rights that they have now today. But today, it doesn't apply. Men don't have privileges, white Christian males don't have privileges, white people don't have privileges, and it's just, it's just a wow factor to me that people still want to complain about it. When (laughs) you can look at other places in the world and be like, Jeez, I'm so glad I live in the U.S. If that was in the U.S. today, I just know. India has how many slaves again? Like 15.18, 15 or 18, I can't remember the number anymore, but I said it last podcast. 15 or 18.4 million slaves in India. We don't have that in the U.S. We don't have that in the U.S. Okay, so then she says, um, feminism is, of course, part of human rights in general, but to choose 
but to, but to choose to use the vague expression human rights is to deny the specific and particular problems of gender. But by naming yourself human rights activists, you would, you would be including all genders, both male and female. Sorry, there's not, there's not a million genders out there. There's only two genders, female and male. Okay, so if you were to call yourself human rights activists, you would be including male and female, okay? You would be getting the men's side of sexism, you would be getting the women's side of sexism, and you wouldn't be blaming all your problems on one gender, okay? When you name yourself feminist, you don't allow the other side to speak or advocate for them, you blame all your problems on them, and you play the victim instead of taking personal responsibility for your actions. And then she says... It would be, it would be a pretending, oh, sorry, it would be a way of pretending that it was not women who have, for centuries, been excluded. Okay, so what about the black men who were slaves for centuries and their voice didn't matter because they were black and they were men? What about them? We're just going to ignore that? It would be a way of denying that the problem of gender targets women. But you also said that we target men a few chapters ago because we teach them to have fragile egos. So obviously this whole idea of gender expectation, of targeting genders and stuff, doesn't just apply to women. It obviously applies to men too because you just said so a few chapters ago. Like you see, the contradiction, she goes 180. She's like, yeah. Only, only women, no, let me rephrase this. She'll say a few chapters ago that both men and women face sexism, that men are forced to have fragile egos, that they're supposed to be strong and all this gender expectation crap. But then she'll say now that it's only women who are victimized. Their own, only women are targets of gender expectation. Like, that doesn't make sense. How are you just gonna, how are you gonna pull in 180 and not expect people to address that? Like, how, how can I, as a person who doesn't read emotionally, but logically, so I don't get pulled into the liberal agenda, how do you expect me to believe any of your arguments when you backtrack so often? Within 15 pages. This whole book is apparently 64 pages. But when you copy and paste it onto a Google Doc, it turns into 15 pages. Like, how do you expect me to believe you? Jesus. And then she says, For centuries, the world divided human beings into two groups and then proceeded to exclude and oppress one group. So, we agree that it was the world, and not the U.S., and not just Nigeria, Right? Because this whole book, you were complaining that it was just the U.S. and Nigeria. And now you're agreeing that's the world. Finally, something I can agree with on you. But, again, right now, in this modern era, U.S. does not have those problems, okay? Yeah, like, a couple centuries ago, we did. And it was really bad that we didn't allow women to have their own voice, go to, go to work, or speak politically it was bad that we had slaves okay but we don't have that anymore we don't have all those issues anymore okay and then 
the last paragraph of that chapter, she says, Some men feel threatened by the idea of feminism, but what about the women who don't agree with feminism? This comes, I think, from the insecurity triggered by how boys are brought up, how their sense of self-worth is diminished if they are not naturally in charge as men. So you literally just admit right there that females are not the only ones who experience sexism and gender expectations. You literally just admit it within one sentence, so that backtracks your whole last paragraph, and now that paragraph is garbage. Like, hit out of the freaking wow. Just, she writes a whole paragraph about how women are victimized and how they, they only ex- um, are targets of gender expectations and crap like that. And then with this one, pa- with this one sentence... She says this comes from, I think, the insecurities triggered by how boys are brought up, how their sense of self-worth is diminished if they are not naturally in charge as men. So they do experience gender expectation. By your standards, they do experience it. That's what, that's what you're saying, right? So how are you going to tell me this and then expect me to believe your last paragraph? Just... One sentence and it's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. Just, oh my god. And we finally get on to page 14. And she's talking about how some men don't even notice gender and how that's a part of the problem and that they should notice gender, which I don't agree with because. Isn't it a good thing that men don't look at you just for your gender? Like, they don't notice that? Isn't that a good thing? Like, I wouldn't want a man walking up to me and being like, Hey, you're a woman, so you expect me to do something for you? You expect me to help you? Like, no. I don't want men to to look at everything through a gender scope. I like that they open doors for me. Because they're being gentlemen. Because they're being polite. I like that they pick me up for the first date. Because that's polite. Because they can. You know, it's... I don't want them staring at me just because I'm a woman. And because they think somehow by their existence as a male. It's somehow oppressing me. Like, I don't like being victimized. And this lady victimizes women. Over and over and over again. And... The victimizations that she claims aren't even good ones. Like, I am so sorry you didn't get to hold the staff for your class. I'm so sorry that that waiter didn't look at you and say, hello, welcome. Even though he probably could have been and you just got mad because he didn't look directly at you in your eyes. Um, sorry that your friend didn't get her idea picked because it might have been a shitty idea. Uh, sorry that she's not an adult and can't talk to the boss after the meeting. Like, I don't like being victimized, especially by this lady who can't even give good examples of victimization. And then she talks about her friend, Louis. She says, let me see, that many men do not actively think about gender or notice gender, that many men say, like my friend Louis did, that things may might have been bad in the past, but everything is 
something now. I don't know if it's this book with weird writing, or I don't know if it, like, didn't translate well, but there's, like, this thing where some words are upside down, and it doesn't make sense at all. Like, I really don't know if that's from being translated, or if that's in the actual book. So, anyways, I said, I said, I commented about this, and I said, you know, it is just you now. Maybe in Nigeria, things are still the way she's described. Like, I don't know. I never lived in Nigeria. I don't know much about Nigeria. But you can't apply that to the U.S., okay? Because men and women are equally free. They have equal opportunity, and they basically are equal. Okay, just because your little girl can't join the Boy Scouts doesn't mean it's sexism. It means she's biologically a female and cannot compete with the males, okay? Same goes for transgenders, okay? Like, no. If you are born a female, you can never change biologically. You can change your appearance. You can you can attach a dick to yourself. You can start growing a beard. You can cut your hair short. But that your biology will never change. You will still have female reproductive organs. You will still have one more rib than a male. You will always have that physical disadvantage from a real male. You are not a... I'm sorry. You're just not a male. And, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry the truth hurts. But we can't expect society to change our standards. We can't expect everybody to agree with that. Because it's not scientifically proven, okay? And even if they could change your biology, you were still born a female. And just because they change it because you wanted to be a male does not mean that you were originally a male trapped in a female body. It's not how it works. Anyways, and then she talks about how... Well, actually, I'll skip some things. How far have I gotten into this so far? 30 minutes? Okay, wow. (laughs) And I'm only on page 14. Wow. Okay, well, page 15 is really short, so I'll just try and sum up page 14. So, she talks about how because gender can be uncomfortable, there are easy ways to close this conversation. Some people bring up evolutionary biology and apes, how female apes bow to male apes, that sort of thing. But the point is, we are not apes. Apes also live in trees and eat earthworms. We do not. And I said to this, I said, but if you do believe in evolution, that we evolved from the apes, then you should acknowledge the fact that female apes already know that biologically they are beaten by males. They are, phys- they are, at, a, they are at a physical disadvantage. And they knew it, so I don't know why it's so hard for you to admit it. Like, you even said earlier in the book that you know men and women are biologically at a difference. So why is it so hard for you to admit it now? Just, I don't understand this author, you know? Um, oh yeah, here's the part. She said, Some people will say, well, poor men also have a hard time, and they do, but right there, right there. She agrees, but then she just goes on. She's like, yeah, but, and then changes the subject. 
She says, but that is not what this conversation is about. She doesn't address the argument. She doesn't address the argument. Some people will say, well, poor men also have a hard time, and they do, but that is not what the conversation is about. Then what is the conversation about? If you're not open to these arguments, what are you even talking about? Like, you're just repeating yourself over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've had to say the same things over and over and over again in my comments on this whole damn book because she doesn't, she repeats herself and then doesn't address any new arguments. And then in the next sentence, next sentence, she says, gender and class are different. Okay, but at the beginning of the book, you said there are less women the higher up you go because of sexism. But now we're, but now because the roles are switched and because it's males, then somehow gender and class don't relate and they can't harm each other. Like, okay, I don't believe that gender affects your class or your work or any crap like that. But this author literally said she believed it a few chapters ago, and now she's like, no, oh, I changed my mind. They won't remember that a few chapters ago. Like, what? <laughs> she said, of, like, at the beginning of this book, there are less women the higher up you go. And now, all of a sudden, it's gender and class are different. They don't relate. What? What? <laughs> what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then she says, Poor men still have privileges of being men, uh, even if they do not have the privilege of being wealthy. Holy crap, bro. Like, this book is a broken record for Democrats to play 24-7. They just change the topic. Today, it's um, white people. White people still have privileges of being white, even if they don't have the privileges of being wealthy. Like, <laughs> just... Just wow. Just wow. This whole book is wow. And then she's... Now she finally addresses the black black man talk. She says, I learned a lot about system of oppressions and how they can be blind to one another by talking to black men. So, now you finally agree that black men had an issue. And that you're saying they're oppressed... But the last chapter you said that these men will still have privileges even though they're oppressed. Let me let me let me tell you. I don't believe that anybody's oppressed in America. I don't believe it. It's really hard to convince me. I've already done a couple podcasts about that crap and about their arguments that don't even add up. But if you're going to say that there are a system of oppressions in America and in the whole world that are blind to black men but then you somehow also say that these men will still have privileges you gotta at least try to make your argument make sense okay because this one paragraph the arguments you try to assert don't even add up they don't even hold each other together and throughout this whole book i have not seen i have not seen one statistic one factual statistic from a reliable source throughout this whole book. There is nothing in this whole book. It's just her blabbering on and on. I don't know about her, but I learned in my English class that you have to make an assertion, you have to give an example, back up your example, and you have to explain how it relates to your claim. This lady doesn't do any of that. She makes a claim, 
she gives a personal experience, she gives another claim, gives a personal experience, and then she'll contradict all that, and then she'll start all over. Where is your, where is your statistics, lady? Where is your facts? Okay, because I, at this point, I've given more facts and statistics than this lady has, and I'm not even looking at statistics right now. I just remember it off the top of my head, because that's how much research I do on all this stuff. And then, yeah, so I guess this dude asked her, why does it have to be you as a woman? Why not you you as a human being? And she says, this type of question is a way of silencing a person's specific experiences. Like, what? The man is just asking you a question. He's just asking, why is it so hard to admit that we're all human beings? Why is it so hard to admit that you are a woman, yes, but you are also a human being? And because you are a human being, you are also related to men, which would give you that equal platform, and that you experience, both of you experience both hardships. But no, it's, this is a way of silencing people's experiences. How? How? How does one word change everything? How does the word human being, I guess the phrase, how does the phrase human being instead of woman, change everything. How does that change? She says, Of course I'm a human being, but there are particular things that happen to me in the world because I'm a woman. So we establish you're a human being, but even though you agree you're a human being, you still deny the phrase because you know it includes men as human beings, and because men are human beings, that somehow silences your voice. Your voice. Just... You admit you're a human being. You admit you're a human being. You may not be a male human being. You're a female human being. But you're still a human being. So why is it so hard for you to say, you know what? You're right. I should say that I have these issues because I'm a human being. Not because I'm a woman. Her her problem is she... She wants equality, she claims she wants equal platforms with men, but then anything that gives her an equal platform with men, she just denounces. If you say you're a human being, no, because that would mean that you're a human being like a man, and because that's equal platform, you don't want it. And then, she, it's kind of funny, because she says, this same man, by the way, would often talk about how talk about his experience as a black man to which i should probably have responded why not your experience as a man or as a human being why a black man okay listen like i said before i don't believe in systemic racism i don't believe in all that stuff but race and gender are different so he could say he's a black human being i'm sure he would have no problem with that but race and gender are different so that's why he put black (laughs) That's why he said his experiences as a black man. He can still say it as a black human being. This lady is retarded. (laughs) Oh, man. We're almost done. Don't you worry. We're almost done. Okay, and then... Hold on. What is this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, she says, 
So no, this conversation is about gender. Some people will say, oh, but women have real power, bottom power. I didn't know what that was at first, so she explained it. She said, this is a Nigerian expression for women who use their, her sex, who use, who uses her sexuality to get things from men. And instantly, I was like, oh my god, please don't tell me she's going to try and refute this. Because she was literally talking about using her sex appeal at work to get her students to like her and to somehow give her credibility. So I don't want to hear her talking about how that has no power. Okay, because... Yeah, okay. So then she says, but bottom power is not power at all. Okay, pay attention to the sentence. But bottom power is not power at all. Because the woman with bottom power is actually not powerful. Okay. She just has a good root tap. Root to tap another person's power. And then what happens if the man is in a bad mood or sick or temporarily impotent? Okay. I don't even know what the hell that last sentence was supposed to mean. What did it have to do with anything that she was talking about? I have no idea. But she, she contradicts herself within one sentence. She says, but bottom power is not power at all. Okay, so you're saying that there's no power there whatsoever, right? But bottom power is not power at all. So there's no power there. You don't have power. And then she says within the same sentence, women with bottom power is actually not powerful. So they do have power, just not as much as you think they do. Like, you see what I'm saying? Bottom power is not power at all. Women with bottom power is actually not powerful. She contradicts herself within the, within that sentence. She contradicts herself. I'm so done with this damn book, bro. I was, I spent like an hour and a half trying to finish this book, but I wrote so many damn comments. I can't help myself. I have to, because I'm turning this into my teacher. My teacher thinks this is a good book. My teacher thinks this is a good book that people should be reading. Okay, and then she, for some reason, she hates culture. She's like, but culture is constantly changing. I have beautiful twin, twin nieces who are off, who are 15, that weird fucking spelling again, it's upside down. If they had been born 100 years ago, they would have been taken and killed. Because 100 years ago, culture considered the birth of twins to be an evil omen. Alright, and like, I don't really know if that's considered culture or if that's considered superstition because usually culture is something a whole society builds themselves off of or surrounds their ideology around but this sounds more like superstition to me where they just consider it evil it's a bad sign if um, twins are born they don't they don't build their whole culture off this idea like that's not I don't know. I don't know if that's considered culture or superstition. To me, it sounds more like superstition, but oh well. Then, the last paragraph of this chapter, and then we have one more chapter, and it's really short. So, she says, although I am the one who is... Oh, yeah, yeah, So, she said, what is the point of culture? So, right there, she's obviously bashing on it. She's like, why do we have culture? There's no point to have culture. Culture functions ultimately to ensure the preservation and continuity of a people. I don't know why she's got to, like, word it the way she does. I don't know why she can't just word it like a normal person. 
So I guess in her family, she's the child who's supposedly most interested in their ancestry and their traditions and stuff like that, but her brothers aren't. And when they have these family meetings, she's not allowed to go because she's a woman. I don't see why that would be an issue, but if this is, like, Nigerian stuff, again, I don't know. So, I don't see why that would be an issue, but I don't know. And then she says, although I am the one who is most interested in these things, I cannot attend the meeting. I cannot have a formal say because I'm a female. Okay, so she contradicts herself again. She says culture is pointless. And that basically there's no point to have a culture. But then she gets upset because she can't find out her culture and her heritage. Huh? So you're going to tell me culture is pointless. But then you're going to get upset because you can't find out about your culture and your heritage. That doesn't even make sense. And then she says, culture does not make people. People make culture. Mm, I disagree. I think culture and people are codependent. People can't exist without a culture and culture can't exist without people so i would disagree if it is true that all humanity of women is not our culture then we can and must make it our culture this lady is the most power hungry woman i've ever met actually i haven't even met her this is the most powerful power hungry woman i've ever read about she thinks that women because they exist that a whole culture should exist around them, that people should revolve around her because she's a woman. Isn't that kind of toxic? They talk about, you hear feminists talk about toxic masculinity. What about toxic femininity? Like, you think a whole culture, that the whole world should revolve around you because you're a woman? You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Maybe with all this shit that women do say, maybe men do have a right to be sexist against us. Like, <laughs> It's women like her that make us look bad. I just... No! <laughs> no! Just stop. Okay. And then the last last chapter, thank God, she gives her what the definition in the dictionary of feminist was. She says, Feminist, a person who believes in social, political, and economical, uh, economic equality of sexes. That's definitely not her definition of sexism that's not how she perceives feminist feminista okay so she says the best feminist i know is my brother kenny k-e-n-e kenny 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 i'm sorry who is also kind good looking and very masculine young boy why would she describe him like that if that's the very definition of a like toxic man that she claims society has created and that we should avoid like she literally said a couple paragraphs no sorry not a couple, couple chapters ago that we make men feel like they have to be strong that they have to be masculine that they have to be good looking and kind well actually she says we don't even teach them to be kind so that we force them to be masculine good looking that they have to pick a good looking wife and they can treat their wives like shit. But now that it's to her brother, it's okay. She says, best feminist I know. Kind, good-looking, very masculine. Like, she said that we shouldn't raise our kids to be within this gender construct crap. Where we shouldn't teach our men to be masculine. That they can be whatever they want. 
like, and then she says, my own definition is a feminist, is a feminist, my own definition is a feminist is a man or a woman who says, yes, there's a problem with gender as it is today and we must fix it, we must do better. Nah, bro, your whole definition throughout this whole book is, yeah, men go through hard times, but that's not the argument. They still have privilege. I can't prove it, but trust me, because I'm a woman and I get offended because a waiter doesn't look at me when they say welcome when I walk into a room. That's her whole definition of this freaking book. That's the whole thing of this damn book. And she says, all of us, men and women and men, must do better. Okay, if we're going to do better, we should start with you. Stop looking through everything through a sex scope. Start getting into reality. Or move into the U.S. where we treat everyone equally and you won't have to deal with all that crap. Okay, because I'm so tired of listening to your feminist arguments. Why? I will never read this book again. I will never read this book again. I'm telling you that right now. I went crazy reading this book. I went crazy reading this book, bro. There is at least 200 comments on this doc because there was so many contradictions, because her arguments didn't make sense, because there was no statistical evidence to back anything she set up. Like, I skipped a lot for you guys. And this this episode is still 50 minutes. This episode is still 50 minutes, and I skipped a lot for you guys. And I know damn well those other podcasts would have been way longer, but I skipped a lot for you guys. Because you didn't have... If you want to read this book, good luck. Go ahead. But just keep in mind the arguments I've made and, like, the contradictions i pointed out. Because a lot of people that I've talked to in my class have read this book. They're like, I don't see the problem here. I don't see why you're so... They say I'm offended over it. I'm not offended... I'm upset that people don't question what they're being taught. I'm upset that we aren't teaching kids to be free thinkers. We're teaching them that there is sexism, that there is systemic racism, that there is no hope for black people because white people are monsters, because white people are Christians, uh, white people are Christian savages. That's what they're teaching in our schools. Instead of saying, you know what? Here's this opinion piece. Read it. Give your opinion. Remember to always be open to other arguments. Now we're going to read a counter opinion piece on that piece. And you decide what you want to do with it. I mean, for for fuck's sake, like if the media is not going to do it for you, at least let the school do it for you. If the media is not going to give you both sides of a story like they should be, then at least let the schools teach you how to figure out both sides of a story. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I know that my mom said she read a review or something about this book being heavily abortion-doctrinated. I didn't... I mean, obviously, I know where she stands on abortion because (laughs) just everything she's read, I know damn well where she stands. But she hasn't said anything about abortion here. Um, there's a lot of doctrine in here, liberal doctrine, but that's about it. Like I said, if you guys want to read it, go ahead, good luck, God be with you. (laughs) Like, I'm always open to both sides, 
at least I try to understand this lady's argument when she didn't contradict herself. But it's hard to establish a good debate with somebody when they can't even establish their own opinions. Like how are you gonna how are you gonna address somebody else's argument? How is she gonna say, Well, poor men also have a hard time and they do, but that is not what the conversation is about. Like she's not open to having other topics being discussed that could potentially ruin her whole argument. Like you have to be open. You have to be open. I'm I'm always open. Actually, there was this person on Instagram who saw my bio and my my account for my Instagram account for this podcast is Red Pill Red Pill America. Let me see. Pretty sure it's Red Pill dot America. Let me see. And it has it has a profile picture of Trump looking up and he has sunglasses. Okay, it's red pill and those two are together dot America. So if you guys want to see that one, go ahead. I, I'm going to start posting again daily. For some reason, my phone was acting up and I didn't have storage, but I'm going to start posting again, hopefully tomorrow. But if you guys want to check out that account and follow, because I do updates when I do podcasts like this. So, like I said, just be open to other conversation guys I know <laughs> I know my podcast might have not seemed like I was open but it's hard to be open when they can't even establish where they stand so I'll see uh, I'll see if I can do another podcast later this week um, I never got to talk about what happened in my philosophy class and class and I kind of want to but maybe I'll have to save it for like an actual podcast where I do a question of the day I actually missed my questions of the day because I like interacting with you guys. I like to make sure you guys are still thinking while I'm talking about all this statistics and stuff. But this is school. This is what we're being taught. We don't get taught statistics. We, we are taught opinions. Anyways, I hope you guys have a good day. Um, stay safe and I'll see you later.